1: Uh, We're talking about the big news today out of Eugene, Oregon hires Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning. And here to talk about that today, we got Dogs Daily publisher Brooks Austin. He covers the Georgia Bulldogs for SI. Brooks, how are we doing, man? Yeah, what's up, Max? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Excited to uh, meet the man himself today at the uh, introductory press conference. And yeah, Mm -hmm. man, I mean, people are obviously super excited about this hire. It was one of the, the biggest talks of the weekend. You. You had Lane's brother in the Twitter spaces yeah. uh, Saturday, uh, Friday night, I think it was. Twitter spaces uh, are
2: popping, by the way, Max. What? I mean, good Lord. Oregon Twitter spaces. Now, I know they may or may not be yours. They may be other people's, but good Lord. I, I looked at, I was at one one thirty in the morning last night over here on the East Coast. So, out the West Coast is what, 10 30, 11 o'clock out there? There was like 2,000 people in there hanging out, just talking ducks, talking Dan Lanning. So, the people are certainly excited about the hire for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of it was popping off just because of the uncertainty around the program. You know, mm-hmm. with, with Oregon fans, you know, they're so passionate about it. They they wanted a hire to come, you know, really quickly. So people were in the spaces talking about, you know, candidates, uh, what they wanted. You know, um, you know, some thoughts about Cristobal's departure. But it, it's a really cool space. You know, pun intended, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a cool thing to to get into and, and interact with the fans. And and I think that one that was going. On Friday night, you know, through the hire was like literally going all the whole time. I don't think it stopped at all throughout the night. But I wanted to bring you on because obviously, you know, about Georgia, you know, about the dogs, you're a, a former college football player. So I think you got a bunch of valuable perspective. Just mm-hmm. just kind of um, I guess we could start here. Just what do you what impresses you so much about this year's Georgia defense? Because really, it looks like it's it's shaping up to be an all time great defensive unit.
2: Yeah, I mean, assuming they don't give up 50 points in the the remaining two games, it'll go down as, I mean, top five. I mean, you can argue one through five, honestly. It's in the discussion of, you know, early 2000s, Miami Hurricanes, uh, mid-2010s, Alabama Crimson Tide. Like, those are, I think those are the best eras of defense. And I think if if you're talking about Georgia, the the last three years, they've been a top three defense historically uh, great for three straight years. And even that 2019 defense, I know – this year's defense, statistically and box score-wise, everybody talks about them, right? They, they throw the 6.7, uh, 6.9 points per game during the season average at you. They'll throw those statistics. They'll talk about, you know, how they they, they allowed 37 points over the final five games of the regular season, things like that. Um, that 2019 defense was historically great as well. They entered the SEC Championship game only allowing 9.7 points per game. And we're talking about an era of college football where, You know, teams are, Alabama gave up almost 20 points per game this year, and they were a top 15, top 20 defense. So not a lot of teams are doing what Georgia has done over the last three years, not just this year. So, and a lot of that was tied to Dan Lanning and and what he was doing, calling defenses and and the day-to-day, you know, successes and and when it comes to practicing and and, and installing these defenses and holding them to a, a high standard. So yeah, he, he he was responsible for a lot of that. And it was a lot of the reason why at 38, 39 years old, this is one of the, you know, highest ranking and, and, and fastest rising uh college football coaches in America. There's a reason this guy's uh, resume is what it is, and and the reason he was as highly uh, coveted as he was uh, even before the offseason even started. He's still, you know, fighting and coaching for a national title, despite the fact that he's out there in Eugene right now while Georgia's in the midst of preparing for a, a college football playoff, but that is the world we're in, with a uh, world we're in rather, with the uh, early national signing day coming up in two, two or three days, two days. So it, it is what it is. These these moves have to be made, and and these these staffs have to be created before Wednesday, because that that's the reality of the nature of the beast nowadays. You got to make these moves, and they got to be done quickly, no matter what is is at, at stake when it comes to the college ball playoff. Look at Brian Kelly. He was down there at LSU taking a head coaching job and leaving Notre Dame before they even knew whether or not they were going to be in the playoff or not. So uh, that's the nature Wild. of the beast right now. Absolutely crazy, man. That's, that's, that's what early National Saturday has done, though, to the landscape of college football. It has now steered these discussions and forced these discussions to be had before the conclusion of the season. It is what it is.
1: Got a little bit of a two-parter for you. You know, obviously people are super excited about this higher – um, and you, you've been covering the, the dogs. So I'm curious, what, what can you tell me about Dan landing as a coach? And then I think what a lot of people are asking, how much of a role do you think he obviously is the D coordinator, but yeah. people are curious how they, much they, of a role. They, do you it's think the he Kirby had this defense, year? right?
2: Is that, is that kind of the narrative that you're, you're hearing a lot of is like, why did we hire the guy that was coaching under the guy kind of thing? Yeah. Like, cause um, there's much
1: champ there too. So how no, much that's, of a role that's, do you think uh, he it's,
2: had? Honestly, it's a hundred percent fair question because when you talk about Kirby smart, When you talk about Dan or, you know, Will Muschamp, you talk about even Glenn Schumann. Like, Glenn Schumann's a brilliant, brilliant young football coach that's probably going to get some D.C. job opportunities this offseason, if not at Georgia. I I would imagine he's going to be in the running, him and Muschamp, both as to replace Dan Lanning uh, at the University of Georgia. But, you know... In terms of how much credit does he get, that's a great question because the building as a whole is really, really talented. He's got really, really good football coaches, particularly on the defensive side of the football. And if I were an Oregon fan or if I were someone covering Oregon, if I were someone listening right now that cared or thought about, you know, is this the successful, you know, uh, decision? Is this a guy that's going to, you know, lead to success? What I will tell you is he's been around really, really smart guys. Been around a bunch of people for a long time that have coached the game of football at a really, really high rate and a successful rate, right? This is a guy that crossed over a Saban regime for just a brief moment. He's touched those. He he knows what that looks like. He knows how it's ran. He knows what the the the, the pinnacle of the sport looks like and how it's ran. Now, whether or not he deserves credit for how it was ran at, at the peak at Georgia. I think that's an ancillary discussion, Max. I think that's something that's outside. It doesn't matter. what What does matter is he's been around greatness. He's observed greatness, and he probably is, uh, you know, capable of greatness, just like Cristobal. I think. I think this guy is Cristobal. That it, this is a this is a Bama guy, uh, a Nick Saban guy, a Saban guy, a, a, a Kirby Smart guy. They're all under the same branch. They're all under the same tree. They teach the same stuff. Cristobal ran Oregon like an SEC program out there in the West. That's what Lanning's going to do. You guys got a turnkey operation out there at Oregon. Top three classes, top five classes, you know, that have been circulated and accumulated for three, four years under Cristobal. Uh, You got an SEC guy coming out there. That's what this is. An SEC guy with more Midwest ties. Cristobal was a Miami, South Florida dude. Dan Lanning's a Kansas, Missouri dude. Like, this is what you're getting out there in the West Coast now. This is a dude that's made his hay growing up in the midwest and now he's going all the way northwest so it's a little bit different but he's more suited for what you're doing out there even more so than crystal ball was when he came out there
1: i like that perspective you you talk about the the sec guy i think a lot of fans are not on edge necessarily but there's been that conversation you know okay they brought taggart out from florida they brought Mario out from florida and they they bounced to to you know go back uh, out home but with the, the SEC discussion around this, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, you know, what, what's the, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it, just, we're seeing so many people from the SEC coming out mm-hmm. west, I feel like, or we're constantly turning to the SEC for that next head of the program. Just what do you think that says about not only the conference, but just the the state of college football right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, success breeds results, right? It, it, it not only breeds more people wanting to play in the SEC, it also breeds more people wanting to pull people away from the SEC. And it is what it is. If you've got uh, some of the most dominant and, and consistently great core programs, rather, here in the Southeast, you're going to have people constantly pick away from it. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, when it comes to having great football teams down here, historically, great defenses at Georgia, you're eventually going to have your defensive coordinator plucked from that staff. My question to you, Max, is, like, you had the guys leave for their home programs, right? Taggart to, to FSU, a, a dream job for him. And then you got Cristobal down there to Miami, a dream job for him. I, I think if you're an Oregon fan, again, or someone that's covering Oregon right now, I would feel comfortable in the fact that, what in the heck does a dream job look like from a, for a guy from the Midwest like Kansas? You know, in Missouri, where's he gonna go? You know, he turned down the Kansas job this year, uh, in the spring when that came open because of what Les Miles was doing out there, uh, you know, outside of just eating grass. I mean, that when that job came available, Lanning's name was thrown around it and he scoffed that he was like, I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, and, and that. they, they ended up making the right hire there. Um, and they got a good guy, I think, out there in Kansas, and I forget his name, but nonetheless, you know. What does a dream job look like for Dan Lanning? And that's what's pulled coaches away from Oregon, right, in years past. What is a dream like the NFL dream job for Chip Kelly? Pulled him right out. Now, I know it kind of staled around Chip out there at Oregon, but nonetheless, these guys constantly leave Oregon. They constantly leave Phil Knight. I don't know where Lanning leaves, what what the next stepping stone looks like if he does end up having tremendous amount of success at Oregon. I think this might be an eight, nine, maybe 10-year job for a guy like Dan Lanning, because there isn't uh, a Georgia for Kirby smart. There isn't an Alabama for Nick Saban. There's not uh, you know, one of these dream quote unquote dream jobs for this guy to leave you. Um, There's not a Miami for Mario Cristobal. There isn't that for Dan Lanning. So that might be good news for an Oregon fan base. That seems like you're constantly being the, the program that's getting left for another school or left for another program. That is the love, right? Is the first love is the home, Maybe he settles in a, as a home out there, and that would be, to me, uh, good news for for an Oregon program that honestly needs. It, it's it's clear that it's 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 successful. You can win out there. You can win 10, 11 games really, really quickly. But why aren't people staying out there, Max? That's my question. Why aren't guys staying there? It's a it's a great place to stay. You've got a top five booster in college football. You got the one of the most powerful brands in in in, in American sports in Nike. But, yet yeah, people leave. It's, it's, it's weird to me. Can you explain that?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Yeah, I'll give it my best shot. I think it, it is weird because you look at, at, at a place like Eugene, uh, it, you know, just coming in, it doesn't look like a place that would have, you know, top tier athletics, you know, a, a football team that has gone to the national championship in recent years, you know, back in 2015. Um, and it's a town that's so dedicated to the the football program and, and the University of Oregon. So I think that, you know, some people maybe leave it because, you know, those maybe those SEC jobs come calling and they see it as you know a place to to um maybe get to success a little bit more easily or or maybe they they leave for the, the NFL jobs but that's a great I mean, question Brooks.
2: It's it's incredible to I, I think honestly it's a top five job in college football to me because of what's going on in the Pac 12. All you've got to do is win eleven games, win the Pac 12, which apparently was too hard for ball to do because Utah was smacking him up around. But all you've got to do is win the Pac 12 and you walk to the college football playoff. I, and all the resources, the facilities are incredible out there and and you're never going to have problems in terms of financially being able to staff that, that, that place, like get great coaches, keep great coordinators around you, hire the people you need to do recruit at the level you need to do all while being out West where USC's down. Now Lincoln Riley being there is a problem. I'm going to be honest with you. You're not going to recruit South Southern California. Like you have been um, in years past, the Justin flows of the world probably don't end up at Oregon in future unless you get a great 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 recruiter out there which landing might turn into be but to be honest with you out here in terms of the the guys that 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 Georgia you know I'm not going to say sources but the word around the program Wasn't, oh my God, this is the dynamo recruiter, right? When you talk about dynamo recruiters at Georgia, defensively, it's Kirby Smart. This has always sealed the deal. It seems like, or feels like at the inside backer position, it was always Glenn Schumann that sealed the deal there. Defensive backs. I mean, you got a a boatload of recruiters there. Lanning kind of sealed the deal on outside backers. They sent him after those guys. He wasn't, you know, hey, we got a defensive line target, a five-star, you need to go seal a deal. No, they would send Trey Scott and Kirby Smart out there to do that one, not the D coordinator. You follow me? It's not that he could do those things, but they had other coaches to handle other position groups. He kind of just recruited his own is what it felt like. You know, it, we knew eventually he was going to go get a head coaching job. I thought going into this year, it was going to be Troy, Southern Alabama, uh, UAB, like the the, the mid-major fcs like stepping stone non-power five first time head coaching job that's what i thought dan lanning was going to walk up on so when oregon calls and says hey we got two and a half million and we'll make you a head coach or whatever the finalized deal was hell yeah he's taking that job he's taking that job immediately and that's about how quickly he said
1: yes yeah, you, you mentioned the word stepping stone, Brooks, and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about a couple minutes ago, how, how optically this is kind of being viewed as a stepping stone program. And I know that Oregon doesn't want that to be the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had a couple more questions for you before we get you out of here. And I know you kind of led into it with uh, the recruiting talk there. Um, I know you're obviously really entrenched with the recruiting coverage out there. You're mm-hmm. you know best in the business in that market. W- w- can you give us a little bit more information about what kind of a recruiter Lanning is, you know, and what maybe some reasonable Relentless. expectations would be.
2: Relentless, like all great recruiters, he's tiresome. I mean, he ne- he never really backs off of recruiting. That that's I think the the number one thing that guys learn when they when they come from this tree, right? This Saban now turning into a smart tree, right? Sam Pittman, a guy that's left this staff, is now a head coach doing a tremendous job, right? Why? Because he knows how to recruit. He knows how to get guys to play for him, and he knows how to make sure a team loves him and fights for him. So that's number one. Sam Pittman's done that. Mel Mel Tucker has left this staff. Mel Tucker's a really, really good football coach. Why? Because he can roster manage, he can recruit, and he gets guys to play for him and play hard for him. So if you can check those things off, if you can recruit and you can get guys to bust their nut for you, you're going to be a good football coach. You're going to have success. And I think Lanning can check those boxes. So the, the, I, I don't doubt that he's going to have immediate success especially with the way that rosters con- uh, constructed out there at Oregon sustained success is still yet to be determined as it is for all of these guys
1: we've seen we've already seen a tremendous attrition on the recruiting trail for the ducks in the 22 class but that's to be expected when you're a program in transition yeah. and, and you have a guy like I mean, look what Na- look
2: what Napier's doing down there in Florida he's basically tossing half the class out he's just like you guys were Mullins guys. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll punt on this, this class. We'll figure it out in the transfer portal and we'll, we'll holler at class of 2023 that, that honestly, when you get hired two days before national sign a day, that's what it is. That's what it turns into. Let's 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 salvage. Let's figure it out. Let's let's retain as much as we can. And then let's figure out our holes on the roster, you know, January 11th, when we get on to campus, which if it lasts that long, I mean, that's gotta be an impossible thing to do. Max, think about it to, to try to prepare, for a Michigan football team that is running it down folks' throats to try to actually win a national title while also preparing your first-ever coaching staff as your first-time head coaching job at a place like Oregon. Golly, what a stress level right now Dan Lanning has. And by the way, Max, prepare for him to lose his voice. He never has a voice. He sounds like this midway through the year. Uh, it's, it's awful so enjoy it it's going to be great it's going to be great interviews that's the one thing i don't know what's going to look like man what's that guy going to look like in front of a camera I, i've seen him one time because at georgia they don't do it very often you get him like once or twice literally at all and the only time he's ever done press availability it'll be interesting to watch that opening presser that's for sure
1: yeah he's certainly got his uh work cut out for him on the recruiting trail and, and i think you know like you were saying i think he's pr- he can probably go through the transfer portal to to build out some of this class if he needs to. And then I think on the bright side, a lot of these guys that haven't decommitted that are still committed to Oregon, they're, they're just slowing things down and not signing early, which I think is good for Oregon. Cause it leaves the, the door open for them to come back into the picture. The, the last thing that I had for you, Brooks is, is kind of a weird question and, and I don't know how you can go about answering it necessarily, but one of the questions that I keep seeing is, um, are there any people in the 2022 Georgia class that might follow him? Because there's that class is all Southeast, so that's yeah. going to be a tough ask.
2: So I don't, I don't think there's no – let's put it this way. Guys that are committed to the University of Georgia, particularly at the outside linebacker position, we're talking about guys like Darius Smith, um, they're committed to Georgia. They, they didn't they didn't commit to Georgia to play for Dan Landon. They committed to Georgia to play for Georgia. So I think those guys stick around. Again, it goes back to that discussion I had with you earlier. There's not much closing at other positions that Dan Lanning did during his time here, and that's not how Kirby Smart runs his operation either. Like, if you're if you're a DBs coach, you recruit DBs. They're not bringing you in to, to, to finish off the defensive tackle. That's not how that works. Dan Lanning was the defensive coordinator and specifically the outside linebackers coach. He primarily recruited that for three, four years while he was here. Um, so those guys in this class, again, C.J. Madden, Darius Smith, I don't think they're going to Oregon. I think they're Georgia football players. They're in-state guys. They're guys that want to play for the University of Georgia, not particularly want to play for Dan Lanning. Did that have or play a role in their decision to commit to Georgia? Yes. Will it have a role in potentially flipping them to Oregon within 48 hours? I don't think so. I think that's unrealistic.
1: Sure. Yeah, no. Good to good to get the, the real perspective there from, from someone that's out there um well brooks it's been great talking to you man uh, before we get you out of here where can people find more of your work i know we're gonna have some oregon fans that want to tune into georgia because that's their next guy
2: yeah no doubt you can holler at me uh at brooks austin si on twitter and dogsdaily.com is where we do all of our writings and i'm over on youtube as well just search brooks austin i appreciate you for having me max
1: absolutely brooks appreciate the time man if you guys want to find more of me find me on twitter at mtaurus sports and go ahead and just subscribe to the youtube channel oregon football max Taurus and then go ahead and give us a, a good review and, and like the podcast, Ducks Dish Podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks for listening, everyone. And-
0: this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand, and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears call clickranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done